Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Jan Urbach, and today we're studying Masechet Yoma, Daf Pei Chet, page 88. We come today to the conclusion of Masechet Yoma, and so we have a short reading, only one Amud. Fittingly, the tractate dealing with Yom Kippur ends with a discussion of the Ne'ilah prayer, the fifth and final Amidah that we pray on, and only on, Yom Kippur. At the end of yesterday's daf, Pezayin Amud Bet, the Gemara considered the relationship between the Ne'ilah service and Mariv, the regular evening service. We read Rav's teaching that Tfilat Ne'ilah Poteret Shel Arvit, one who recited Ne'ilah, doesn't have to then go on and say the Mariv, the evening prayer. After considering and then resolving an internal contradiction in Rav's teaching on this, the Gemara nevertheless challenges his conclusion with a Baraita, picking up at the very bottom of 87b and onto the top of our daf. On the night of Yom Kippur, that is, the evening of Kol Nidre, one prays an Amidah of seven blessings and confesses. In the morning, Shacharit, again, seven blessings, including a confession. At Musaf, an Amidah of seven blessings and a confession. At Ne'ilah, one prays an Amidah of seven blessings and confesses, and in the evening, meaning at the end of Yom Kippur, mitpalel sheva me'en shmone, one prays a shortened Amidah of seven blessings in place of the usual Amidah of 18, really 19, blessings. Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel, in the name of his ancestors, says, one prays the full Shmona Esrei, the regular weekday Amidah, because one has to recite Havdalah in the blessing Chonin Hada'at. This seems to contradict Rav's teaching that Ne'ilah exempts one from Mariv. And although the Gemara doesn't re- explicitly return to this question, the Halacha is that we do indeed write, recite Mariv after Ne'ilah. But in the context of addressing this question of whether Ne'ilah is a daytime or nighttime prayer and whether it does or doesn't exempt one from Mariv, the Gemara now turns to an entirely different question. Given that bathing on Yom Kippur is prohibited, what happens if someone is tameh, that is ritually impure, and to become tahor, pure, that person would be obligated to immerse him or herself in a mikvah on Yom Kippur. For example, childbirth imports ritual impurity to the mother, who would then become ritually pure by immersion on the night after the seventh day. What if that night is Yom Kippur? Or the case of a metzorah, someone with tzara'at, this um, disease referred to in the Torah that afflicts one on the skin and makes one impure. 
Um, so someone with tzara'at or someone who became ritually impure through contact with a corpse, in each case, after a specific period of time, the person would purify themselves through immersion in a mikvah. What if the time for doing that falls on Yom Kippur itself? The Gemara brings two baraitot addressing this question, which generally conclude that yes, one may immerse even on Yom Kippur, despite the prohibition on bathing. The focus of the Gemara in bringing these braitot is the specific case of the Baal Keri, the one who has a seminal emission and is therefore ritually impure. In Masechet Brachot, we learn that a Baal Keri may not study Torah or pray until he immerses himself. But what if it's Yom Kippur? Would we say that a Baal Keri therefore may not pray on Yom Kippur and will be not only pro- prohibited from fulfilling that obligation, but deprived of that experience? The answer is that he may indeed immerse. And depending on when the emission occurs and whether one holds that Ne'ilah is recited while it's still day or only once it's night, that will determine the timing of when he may immerse, either all day or only until Mincha. Now this question of immersing on Yom Kippur initially arose in the context of the discussion of the status of Ne'ilah and Ma'ariv. But it's striking that the tractate on Yom Kippur ends with this question of someone who becomes Tameh, ritually impure, on Yom Kippur, and specifically Tameh through a seminal emission, something that on the one hand transmits impurity, but on the other hand is linked to the very first mitzvah of Pru Urvu, be fruitful and multiply, and to human creativity more generally. The issue of the Balkari is both specific and emblematic. Is it really possible to emerge from Yom Kippur completely pure? We often say that the Yetzer Hara, the evil impulse, is inextricably intertwined with human creativity and industry. Does that disappear on Yom Kippur? How do we view the, quote, impurities that arise within us even on Yom Kippur itself, the holiest day of the year? Are they a sign that we are not forgiven? or even perhaps unforgivable, or on the contrary, on the day when we strive to be like angels, is the reassertion of our humanity something favorable, an indication that we still have creative potential, that we still have work to do as God's partners here on earth? In fact, the Masechet ends with a discussion of whether an involuntary seminal emission on Yom Kippur is a good or a bad omen. One Baraita says that it is a sign that one's sins have been forgiven. Another says the opposite. It means one's sins are arrayed before God, although that too is interpreted for the good. It means they are arranged in order to be forgiven. A Baraita of the Academy of Rabbi Yishmael holds the ambiguity. One who experiences a seminal emission on Yom Kippur should worry all year. But if he lives out the year, he's guaranteed a place in the world to come. Ravdimi gets the last word. It means he will live long and multiply and multiply. We emerge from Yom Kippur not denying but embracing our humanity, 
with all of our faults and limitations, and not denying, but fully embracing our potential for creativity. Hadoran alach yom kippurim yoma. We've concluded Masechet Yoma. God willing, we will return to you. And I look forward to returning to you tomorrow as we begin Masechet Sukkot. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.